Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian, a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we are discussing the cartoons that have kept us cozy for all of our lives. I can't wait. From our childhood into our adulthood, if you're like me and you are an old person who still watches cartoons. Well, there's no shame in that. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, maybe there is, but I'm still doing it anyway. Uh, joining us today to talk about cozy cartoons is John Pernasek, host of At the Trailers and How Rude, the Full House podcast. Mm. Hi, John. Welcome. Hello, hi. Hey, John is joining us via Skype all the way Skype. all the way from um, Chile, Chicago, my my place of birth. <laughs> How's it going over there? It's good. We've we've survived this year's uh, you know annual horrific snap, and now we're all just sort of shaking off the moisture and trying to move forward. Well, don't celebrate too soon because I feel like it always like it comes back with a vengeance. Just when you think winter's over in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It, all of a sudden, it's back. Well, I feel like we're a news correspondent. I know. Take it, it, it to you, John, in Chile, <laughs> Chicago. How's the weather there? <laughs> like, hold it. Just are people staying cozy? The snow slams into my yeah. face. <laughs> I mean, it's probably actually a cozier place to be because of yeah. the chilliness. Mm-hmm. It's not very cozy today. Well, actually, it was very chilly in LA yesterday. It, yeah, it has been kind of overcast. Which very is, windy. We're very windy, yes. yes. <laughs> now we're the windy yeah. city. Oh, God. Look at us. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, all right. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I like this idea of having cozy correspondence. I feel like we should, we yeah, should just have different cute. cozy listeners stationed around the world. <laughs> we can check in with them every episode to see how people are staying cozy in that part of the I, world. Wasn't that one of our titles for our show? Cozy correspondence. It was <laughs> every episode. We seem to leak a oh, new wow. <laughs> rejected name for this podcast. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we are, again, talking about cozy cartoons. But before we get to that, we're going to start with our regular segments, Mm -hmm. uh, beginning with what's making us feel cozy this week. Okay. Um, Who'd like to get started? Who wants to to go first? What's making you feel cozy this week? Um, I guess I'll get started. Okay, Jillian, take Um, it away. Actually, Mr. P, sorry, Matt, it's you. <laughs> Jillian, if you've ever heard her call me Mr. P, it's because we used to be teachers together in Baltimore. And so that's kind of yeah. from there. Yeah. But Sorry. Um, because we had a little movie night out. We did. Yes. Yeah. We on Friday, we saw a movie together and I don't think game night. Yeah. So we haven't seen a movie together in a very long time. Yeah, I feel not, like. not since you fell asleep at the Force Awakens. Oh, I think. God, yeah, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> I took Jillian. <laughs> I took Jillian to the Force Awakens at midnight on the day of release. Jillian could not care less about no, like really uh, Star Wars, but she was <laughs> so generous to accompany me, and she literally just joined me by going to the theater and promptly falling asleep through the entire movie. I feel terrible. I think we're in one of the first rows too. I was on the edge. I'm sure everyone saw me. No, no, everyone was too enraptured with Star Wars. You're <laughs> yeah, fine. I'm sure, it wasn't the main feature. You, you got a nice but, nap. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but yeah, we shared a nice tub of popcorn. Yeah. And, yeah. I was out of it though. We went and saw that movie. But it was cozy. Yeah. I just like spending quality and one-on-one time with. Oh Matt, yeah, no, that so was, it was really wonderful. That makes you feel cozy. It was kind of a date night. It um, was in anticipation of our appearance on Linoleum Knife. Mm-hmm. Um, which at this point will have been probably a month in the past. <laughs> yeah. But make sure if you're listening to this now, check us out on uh, a linoleum knife talking about game night and other m- 
movies that came out a month ago. And I, I told Matt he looked very handsome, and he said, I looked handsome as well. <laughs> like I said, I was very tired. It was a Friday night, and I had just gotten off of work. Okay, anyways, go ahead. And, <laughs> all right, so uh, awesome. So, um, I do have a quick follow-up question about yeah, yeah. the screening of The Force Awakens. Did you say you were in the front row? No, no, not like not like the neck breaking front row. Oh, okay. But the like slightly um, better front row, which is like usually right in front of the balcony. I thought there were okay. special chairs. <laughs> yes, Jillian. I think they were were special chairs. <laughs> I, I do admire. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I thought they were reserved. Or... No, I mean it was ArcLight, so everything's okay, reserved. Okay. At ArcLight, everyone's I... special. Um, it's very true. <laughs> okay, anyway. I, I do admire the ability to fall asleep while that while the onslaught that is that movie because that movie is that's just action packed, it's it's filled with just explosions. Yeah, Jillian can manage it though. <laughs> yep, she just wrapped that movie around herself like a blanket. She did. Yeah. She can make anything cozy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why she's my co-host. Yeah. Uh, John, how about you? What's making you feel cozy this week? Uh, well, I sort of realized uh, recently, I think just this last Christmas, I, I fully appreciated how one's quality of life improves as an adult if you have like a stuffed animal in your life. Because <laughs> I I wrote to my mom and I tried to figure out if I had, if we still had as a family, this stuffed animal I had when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. And she kind of rooted through this closet that was just hoarder infested with just anything and everything from our childhoods. And she did manage to find, uh, this stuff line that I, uh, I'm holding in a picture where I'm like less than a year old mm. or maybe just a little over, but I, I now have this like stuffed line in my life again. And it's just kind of comforting. And to know that like, there's that thread between like your present day you and like that little you from so long ago. Yeah. Um, and I think really it, it's just nice to sort of have that kind of co- cozy comfort in your life. Um, so I, I, I've just sort of, I, I relearn and reappreciate that whenever I look at this, at this little stuff. Did you, did you say what, if it had a name? Yes. Uh, the, the, it's a little lion and his name is Lancelot. Okay. Aww. Oh, that's really cute. Uh, what a brave name. Yeah. I always like to yeah. know stuffed animals names. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never fail to ask a stuffed animal its name. <laughs> No, but 100% though, I, I mean, or if you're me, you still decorate with stuffed animals for the holidays. I would say at least a quarter of my Christmas and Halloween decorations That's are Beanie true. Babies. Yeah. Jillian can, oh, can yeah. vouch for that. And, oh yeah, I, I totally agree. My, my companion through a lot of elementary school was Patches the Panda. Oh, Jillian, did you have like a, a number one uh, stuffed animal? Well, actually, I'll be referencing him later. Oh, really? Okay, so <laughs> queen of the tea. So we're going to get that later, I guess. Um, yeah. Stay tuned for the reveal of Jillian's yeah. stuffed animal companion. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's an act two. I just realized that I miss, missed a perfect segue into like my cozy, what, what's making me feel cozy mm-hmm. this week. Because it's a Star Wars related thing, but I totally okay. missed the boat. But I'm just, I'm just going to wedge it in now. I'm going to wedge Antilles it in now. It is, that's for Star oh, Wars oh people. <laughs> um, what's making me feel cozy this week is a cartoon, and it's a cartoon called Star Wars Rebels on oh. Disney XD. Oh, yeah, just returned for like its last yeah, season. Yeah, it's I think? just wrapping up, it's in its final season. People my age might remember the show Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a Transformers show, oh, and it was it was 3D. Absolutely. Same way that Star Wars Rebels is. The way they're connected to me is 
They both are geared towards kids, but they ha- the subject matter is serious enough that an adult can watch and appreciate the the depth of character and feeling. And it's a kids TV show where characters die okay. and stay dead, and so <clears throat> it gets a little bit serious and dark and. It just like it really perfectly encapsulates the Star Wars tone. And so if you're looking for some more Star Wars content, not that we're starving for it anymore at this point because Disney is spoon feeding us a movie every two (laughs) weeks. But um, if you need your fix, the cartoon Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD is very cozy. If you like that kind of thing. But you said it's coming to a close? Yeah. So this is the last season and it's going to be over um, in a couple of months. So. Oh, get on that. Yeah, it's a limited run. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our cozy locations. My cozy location this week is Best Western Hotels. This <laughs> podcast is brought to you yeah, by Best Western. I wish, yeah. I have totally settled on Best Western, and I, I now I'm trying to think if I've ever said this before, and if I did, it's worth repeating. They are the perfect marriage of like a moderate price point mm-hmm. and a decent quality room well they have best western plus too yeah so i i became a best western (laughs) rewards member for my latest trip (laughs) um and it's just it's so consistent Mm -hmm. best western to best western and you don't they don't charge you that much and the rooms are solid they have everything you would need Mm -hmm. but it's not too fancy i don't know i've just found it to be like decently affordable and pretty cozy in the sense that the rooms have what you want and the last best western room we were staying in Yosemite and it had a fake like television mount fireplace. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but like it was a fake fireplace that would blow heat out at you and have this oh. these, like fake flames. Oh, wow. It was super strange, but kind of, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a TV that emitted heat? No, oh. it, the TV was on top of this. Oh. Um, it's not, it was really just more of a TV stand. Oh, I thought it was yeah. the full thing where it's, you know, those oh yeah, I feel like a TV couldn't survive if it were blasting heat <laughs> at the person watching it. I think it would melt something inside of it. Oh, but God. yeah, no, it was the TV stand, and it had like a fake fire with like lo- like three D logs on it, mm-hmm. and yeah. Well, that's very nice. I love. It was the bizarre, pictures. but it worked. Yes, if you've been following us on Instagram or Facebook, you probably saw some shots from your trip that you took. Yes. Okay. So, uh, who would else like to go? What's your cozy location? Uh, well, I'm not sure. If- people are familiar with this or will be but it's the ground round ground round i don't think you guys you're gonna have to explain okay so maybe (laughs) it's an east coast thing but kind of think maybe a a friendlies that's more geared towards adults like they have kids menus and it's, it's definitely very kid oriented because they used to have a clown come around which sounds not so no great and <laughs> yeah my eyes my eyes went wide <laughs> when i heard that detail but, um their chicken fingers were prime i love a good chicken finger i was obsessed with chicken fingers whenever we would go out for happy hour <laughs> in baltimore it would it would always come down to which place had the best chicken fingers yeah and I that know. was her spot now i'm off the uh the chicken finger train. Um, really? Yeah, I know. A pescatarian for like ever since I left Baltimore. Well, there was that time after the Jenny Lewis show that we had chicken fingers. Okay, well, I guess I had a moment of weakness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I haven't had a chicken finger in years then. Wow, all those chicken fingers have been, all those chicken hands that have been saved. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I may even had a smoking section. So it must have been real back in the day, I guess. And so, okay, so this was a place that you went to as a kid. Yeah, I went, yeah, and they had, 
the little tubs of popcorn they put up for the appetizers. Okay, I can get down with that. Yeah. Although a bunch of grubby kid hands reaching into <laughs> the same pile of popcorn kind it, of makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I mean, it was very dark in there, too. Um, it wasn't a bright atmosphere, and I like <laughs> the darker, the better for me. <laughs> it makes it more cozy. This 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 place sounds borderline sinister. <laughs> like, there's the smoking <laughs> section. There's grubby hands <laughs> grasping for popcorn. Well, <laughs> I could write a short story or horror story <laughs> are on round ground <laughs> ground round <laughs> ground that sounds oh, like a Stephen King wait, story ground wait, round no, no i'm getting messed up no it's the ground round that's a cut confirmed okay wait a minute it's a round place in the ground and it has a, a big tub of popcorn that everyone's eating out of no. good chicken fingers and what are the kids doing except for just be, running around in the dark and the ground uh, well, it's they, like a Chuck they, E. Cheese. Well, they closed down, so. Unceremoniously, the doors were shut. I really hope that someone has been here or recognizes it. Yes, Jillian could use some backup. So if you're listening and you know what she's talking about, please write us in because I'm very curious. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jillian, that was just, so is it, is it ultimately, you compared it to a Friendly's, but does it have like video games like a Chuck E. Cheese or is it like more of like a sports bar? Um, well, it kind of has more of a sports bar vibe, but it's very kid okay. oriented. If that makes sense. I think it was back in the day when they were trying to still cater to adults and kids at the same time. They don't really do that. Much I don't anymore. Kid oriented sports bars are really <laughs> far too rare these days. Yeah, but um, yeah, I had plenty of good chicken finger there. So. <laughs> You had plenty of good chicken finger, and <laughs> well, John, what's your cozy location? <laughs> uh, well, as as today's Chicago correspondent, uh, I feel like this is all too appropriate. My cozy location is the Music Box movie. Oh, theater. yeah, absolutely, great choice to bring it back to uh, movies in, in that in its own way. Um, I hadn't been there for a really long time, and then my boyfriend Chris and I went to go see a fantastic woman there. And I think I remember each time, I think cozy things remind you again and again, because I said the exact same thing about stuffed animals. Um, but you're reminded all over again when you go to these places how comfortable you feel there. And it almost kind of feels, when you walk into the music box, like the main theater um, of the two, uh, it really feels like you're stepping into someone's like uh, kind of spooky, but in like a fun way, like mansion, yeah. like some sort of like haunted mansion. Um, and it's just, it always feels like I've seen, I've seen movies there with, you know, full houses. I, I saw it's a mad, mad, mad world there. I've seen the room twice there. Um, and I've also been there for, you know, screenings of movies like a fantastic woman where you're there with like maybe four other people, but like, I just love the way that it's decorated. There's lots of ornamentation. Uh, and of course there's the, um, oh, I don't even know what the name of the instrument is. The organ, just the enormous organ that they sometimes play before a movie, um, but yeah, I just, it was really great to go, go there again. I feel like I kind of take it for granted that it, it's like a staple of the city. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is also a cozy location for me. I, that's where I'd go in high school to see Rocky Horror, uh, midnight shows. Oh, of course. And I also saw the room there with Tommy Wiseau in attendance and oh. whatever the other guy's name is, the blonde guy. I saw Troll 2 there with the, they bring in the cast a lot. So they like people tour like sort of revival mm-hmm. or um, cult classics will come around 
uh, to the music box and and they'll meet you. I, they'll do meet and greets. What are the prices like? Is it normal? Movie? Normal, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think tickets were like eleven dollars at this point around there. Um, so it's definitely a lot cheaper than if you go to our arc light here in Chicago or if you go to like most locations. Um, I also uh, met Tommy Wiseau at my respective screening of the room, and when I asked him a question during the Q and A, he uh, dismissed me uh, openly. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I I felt like I got the treatment that you're really supposed to get from him, which was just sort of a I don't think he understood me, and I certainly didn't understand <laughs> him. So. Yeah, it sounds like he had an authentic experience. Yeah, yeah, real authentic. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. If you are ever in Chicago, check out what's playing at the uh, Music Box because it's really mm-hmm. worth the visit. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I've never been, but next time I'm in town, I'll take you up on the recommendation. I, I completely missed the fact that they did a Studio Ghibli festival. We walked in and I realized, oh, they've done that now and it's done. <laughs> that's unfortunate. But that's perfect for cartoons, right? We're here to talk about yes. cozy cartoons. Yes. And so mm-hmm. let's dive in. So today we each are coming with a cartoon film or cartoon TV show that makes us feel cozy. Yeah. We're going to talk about Anastasia, the feature film, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Arthur, the PBS uh, kids television show. Very exciting. Let's, let's, let's start off with Anastasia. I feel like that's kind of our main yeah, event. Yeah, the, the meat. The meat of it, yes. Yeah. John, Anastasia was your choice. Can you um, introduce us to, to your cozy cartoon pick? Uh, yeah, so for those of you who may not have uh, heard of it or seen it, Anastasia is a Don Bluth, Gary Goldman film. You might know Don Bluth from other films, uh, including All Dogs Go to Heaven, The Land Before Time, or sort of more uh, not as well accepted, um, like Titan A.E., The Pebble and the Penguin. Oh, I love The Pebble and the Penguin. Uh, he started with an American tale. So this is the first movie he made for Fox uh, as part of a like new partnership um, and it did really well. It's the story of the lost princess Anastasia, uh, which is, of course, a like an enormous historical reference point in Russia. And if you think that you need to know more about Russian history to access Anastasia, the film, you don't because uh, it's almost in no way based <laughs> in what actually happened. They even admit themselves, the filmmakers just sort of outright dismissed most of the politics that were involved in the noble family just so they could make a fantasy, a like a basic fairy tale. This is kind of at the tipping point of post Beauty and the Beast, post Aladdin. Uh, the Disney Renaissance was sort of we were moving out of that, but people were still trying to ride its coattails. So it's a musical. It's got a. It's. I was about to say laughably '90s cast, but it's almost the perfect '90s voice cast because. Uh, it has Meg Ryan, John Cusack, Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey Christopher Grimm. Lloyd, Hank Azaria, Bernadette Peters, for crying out loud. Um, and, of course, Angela Lansbury and Kirsten Dunst, a very young Kirsten Dunst right at the beginning. Um, and another quick introduction bit of trivia, Carrie Fisher has an uncredited, mm-hmm. I think she did a treatment or like a pass wow. on the script. But um, it's uncredited, uh, so I'm not really sure how much she wound up contributing. But I find it to be, I rewatched it for the umpteenth time in preparation for this recording, and that thing moves, man. Like, it just, it's 90 minutes, it clips along, and it's just this kind of super quaint, warm story just with all the hallmarks of an animated film that you would expect. But it's still, like, a joy to sort of see all those beats play out. Well, yeah, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head when you said it, you know, keeps moving. I mean, within the first five minutes, so much drama already happens. Yeah, her whole family's murdered. Yeah, within, like, the first... You know, uh, 10 minutes. Tastefully. I mean, we don't see it. Well, yeah. I, I think yeah. <laughs> watching it back, 
because uh, as a kid, I think Matt and I were talking a little bit before uh, today about it, and um, I, I don't think I really caught on to what was ha- what happened to her family immediately. But then that little bat, what's his name? Bartok. Bartok. Okay. <laughs> yes. I was when I was rewatching it the other day. He, you know, said, "Oh, all the Romanovs are dead," and I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> there you go there i guess I, I guess i missed that one line when i was watching the movie as a kid but they say they're dead a lot so. they make it pretty clear that she has a younger brother but he has no lines and he presumably has been killed yeah. so it's pretty horrific and they also sort of blame the uprising that destroys their family on dark magic right mm-hmm. It, they they sort of dismiss the uh, the cultural tensions and the, the class system tensions, and they're just like, oh, it's just dark magic. Yeah. It's definitely not <laughs> educational at all because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> no, I didn't no, no, even no. really understand the context and its relationship to the rise of the Soviet Union until I watched it this week in preparation mm-hmm. to talk about it again because I loved the movie as a kid, but there's really no historical, like you said, no historical accuracy or attention to that. And it's not going to make any young person curious about, I want to learn more about what happened to the Romanovs. So, um, but it's still like a really cozy, enjoyable movie in and of itself. Well, yeah. And I think they've made some reference to, I guess, perhaps what was going on right after they flash forward 10 years later and they're talking about how bleak St. Petersburg is now, and <laughs> so I guess me in that in that utterly fabulous yeah. topsy turvy esque yeah. opening. Yeah, number. the music is actually really good. I think like it's, yeah. it's very yeah. solid. It's solid. Even Rasputin's uh, little numbers I found very entertaining. Oh, the singing bugs are wonderful. <laughs> I love them. I like their their chorus the- was great. The bugs are doing conga lines. There's a bass <laughs> baritone bug who keeps getting his own spotlight. It's yeah, his, his it's purgatory is pretty lit. I think yeah, I that's how it is. It's a conga line of grubs. I'm in. Yeah. I forgot how gruesome it was too. And he was coming. Rasputin was coming back to life. Um, his whole body's falling apart. Oh yeah, his own skull goes into his own rib cage at one point. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is one of the few members of the cast that's bothering to try a Russian accent. Yeah. Almost no one else is. Uh, Kelsey Grammer and I think Angela Lansbury are the only two other examples I can think of. Uh, but yeah, Christopher Lloyd is just a camp. I love that number. Uh, what is it called? In the Dark of the Night. In the Dark yeah. of the Night. Yeah. Who plays... Who's Kelsey Grammer in this? He's the... Is the name Vlad? Or... What's his name? He's, he's the big I, guy. Yeah, let me see here. Um... Da, 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 da. I believe I believe you are correct. Yes, Vlad. On my cursory research into the IMDb trivia page, <laughs> Don Bluth was has quoted as saying that he really regrets that character design because it just looks really cartoony versus most of the other characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's especially, I mean, the movements in the animation are very realistic because of the rotoscoping technique they mm-hmm. used where they traced over real actors in the animation. It's really noticeable, especially in the sense that, like, certain characters look like their voice actors. Like, Angela Lansbury's character looks like Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with, I guess, Meg Ryan, to a certain extent, looks like her character. Yeah, It's it, a little, like, I mean, it's really beautiful animation. Mm-hmm. The winter um, scenes, too. It's so realistic that sometimes it feels like they move too much um, because they are yeah. Yeah, going over real people moving. It's an uncanny valley situation because you have these like beautiful matte painting backgrounds, but then these sort of 
hyper fluid characters in front of them. But then you have like, you're right, like character like Vlad, Kelsey Grammer's character. That's the Don Bluth character design that's sort of unmoored by gravity and time and space. Like his (laughs) jaw moves in a way that no human being's jaw would ever move. Um, He's like a python. And (laughs) those are the two types you get. You either get the sort of ingenue human beings or the buffoonish sort of really um, outsized characters from Don Bluth. I like Bartok. Oh, oh yeah. Let's talk about Bartok. So for me, Bartok is the reason this movie is cozy. And I was obsessed with that little white bat when I was a kid. I had a Burger King toy back when they used to do like, they were kind of like extra purchase Mm -hmm. toys. Like you, if you bought a meal, they were like only Mm $9.99 with the purchase of a kid's meal sort of thing. Oh, wow. I remember Burger King did those Toy Story figures that were like the size of the actual Toy Story toys. Mm-hmm. Like they had like a floppy, like a floppy Woody that you could get. That sounds terrible. But you could also <laughs> they did Bartok, and what's awesome about Bartok is his um, feet were attached to this bone that you could then clip together and have him hanging upside down on stuff. And his wings were Velcro. Oh yeah, and it was really one of my favorite toys, and it uh-huh. came from Burger King, and it was a Bartok doll. Yeah, I just thought he was really funny. A little banter with uh, Rasputin. And I think just Rasputin's a hoot to me. <laughs> He's such oh, an yeah. overdrawn character. Um, and it, but yeah, it's interesting also comparing the real Rasputin to this Rasputin and where they draw inspiration from. Yeah, they sort of... They, I think they use the the actual situation where I think he was thrown into a river and that was what finally killed oh, Rasputin yes. after they had mm-hmm. tried to assassinate him so many times. And so we get that moment, which I always forget about from this movie where he just falls through some ice and then presumably is sent to limbo. The, the, the whole process for poor Rasputin is very ill-defined <laughs> where he is, the terms of his contract with the devil. I don't, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, corners that we skirt around but yeah hank Azari is like fairly you can tell it's fairly improvised but his line delivery is what i think a lot of people remember the ha and the hi-ya and uh, oh the the line about the teaching rasputin the new dance with the movement of the hips oh, yeah he's very uh just very campy stress it's a killer sir <laughs> oh and the line um sure blame the bat we're we're easy targets why not <laughs> Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the best Hank Azaria performances. <laughs> and on the topic of Rasputin, the singing voice for Rasputin is Jim Cummings, who's the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, oh okay. And what's cozier than that? And then once I learned that, Rasputin's singing voice sounds exactly like Tigger. And mm, yeah. it's because it's Jim Cummings who does the voice of that character as well. I, d- I guess I just didn't realize that. I always kind of assumed Christopher Lloyd was doing his own singing. I, I was giving him false credit. It sounds <laughs> like him. Yeah, no, they fit together like really well. It's, it's seamless. Mm-hmm. But I've, I can no longer watch anything without being on the computer while I watch it. So like I did some deep research into the Romanoffs and all of that and Rasputin and I found out every single person, every voice actor's name. And then, yeah, it's, if only I could just watch something and enjoy it anymore. (laughs) Now I have to look at a screen too. That's why I like this movie so much because of the the history, even though I know it's such a blown up and not accurate version of it. I still think it's very interesting how they touch on it in places. And then it leads you as an adult, at least to research all the history behind it, which is super interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a good compliment to, it's like part of a trilogy that's made up of like Pocahontas and the hunchback of Notre Dame, where the source material is not what you would think they would pursue for like an animated musical. But there was this odd little pocket of time where 
I think on some level, at least, people were taking chances and thinking to themselves, well, can we make this fit into our mold somehow, even though the, the source material might be dark or kind of much more complex than we're used to communicating to varying degrees of success. Um, I, I would also point out that in terms of comparing singing voices to acting voices, I really love Liz Calloway as the voice of, as the singing voice for Anastasia. Uh, she doesn't have, I don't think, a too long Broadway history. I know she was in Baby, and she's got a couple of albums. One, of the, she's got like a '60s album that's really good. But her, like her version of Journey to the Past and uh, all of her singing, I think, is really great in the and film. And Lacey Chabert is the singing voice of the eight-year-old Anastasia, oh. Hallmark Queen, Lacey Chabert. Wow. Okay, I didn't know. Oh wow, I had no idea everyone was involved in this. Movie. I know so many famous people, and also Burdenette Peters, I believe, as you mentioned earlier, who. Another thing I read was that she was really upset that her character, Sophie, was oh my drawn as heavyset. Oh, I thank you for bringing this up. It's just so insane that she had this reaction. <laughs> I know. Bernadette Peters is like, why <laughs> is my character looking like that? And I look like this. And so, yeah, she was she really wasn't pleased with the appearance. But, like, it's I love Sophie. It works. Like, it's it's... Why Why should your character match you? Yeah. It's, it's a cartoon. Well, it's, it's not only the fact that she's a heavier character. I, I always sort of am gobsmacked by her breasts. They The way that they draw, yeah, like she I mean, has yeah. just got just very large breasts, and it's almost distracting. It's last unicorn level um, <laughs> in your face. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad that they allowed her to like have that number, Paris Holds the Key, um, which has one of the, some of the most... Crazy lyric. I love when Sigmund Freud shows up in that number, because why not? But she's Bernadette Peters was also cast in that Wizard of Oz movie that came out a few years ago with Leah Michelle. Oh, I'm not really familiar. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, wait. Is that is that not, that's not the one with um what's her name Mila Kunis? That's different, right? You're thinking of Oz the Great and Powerful with James Franco, right? That's different. So she was in that. That's a live action film. Bernadette Peters oh, okay, was okay. cast in an animated musical with Leah Michelle. Also, Kelsey ah. Grammer reappears for this. Yeah. Um, but she plays Glinda the Good Witch. They don't have her sing. It's a musical, what? but they they didn't bother to give her a song. It's inexplicable. Yeah, that's that's nearly a smash level of misuse to a certain extent. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Matt, have you seen? Bartok the Magnificent. Is that a sequel? That's that's the sequel. Might be a prequel? Not really. It, you can't really tell. I think, okay, I have a vague memory of it. I probably saw it when I was younger, but I, I don't remember any of it. Can you explain this very exciting uh, Bartok movie? If you get if you get the Blu-ray of Anastasia, you get Bartok the Magnificent oh. as an extra feature. So Bartok the Magnificent, there are a couple of holdover cast members. So Kelsey Grammer plays a bear. He's a circus bear who is partners with Bartok, and they go on an adventure to come to kind of go up against Yababa the witch. And Andrea Martin, who is in the original Anastasia film, playing two characters, she plays like an old woman and someone else. Um, she shows up in the sequel as Yababa the witch. It's a musical. It's super short. That movie's like maybe 65 minutes long. Tim Curry plays a skeleton gate a living gate that has a giant skull on the door and uh, it's voiced by Tim Curry. It's insane. Um, <laughs> and has, if you think Anastasia has little to nothing to do with history, Bartok the Magnificent has, at one point they make a reference to the Cossacks, but they're wandering around through what looks like an Oz like world. I, I, the fact that they say it's Russia is, is inexplicable. <laughs> Listen, I'm willing to follow Bartok down any road. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me that sweet, sweet Bartok oh, yeah. content. <laughs> And he gets to be he gets to be the hero. There's no reference to Rasputin, so I have no clue if 
if this is a prequel or a sequel, but it's it's very goofy and and a, it's a great curiosity. Is, is the if pink bat else. girlfriend around? Don't even get me started on <laughs> the hetero the heteronormativity they stuff into she's that a girl last bat. moment. She has to be pink. Uh, oh, she's got to be pink. She's got to have like a bit of a fluff tuft <laughs> hair on her head. Yeah, bow in it. And like she so. she kisses Bartok, and I guess I don't know what we're trying to prove Bartok is by having that moment exist. But then he pulls the screen down, a la the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> I don't think they knew how to end the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, uh, it's over. It ends with Bartok having sex. <laughs> I also never understand where Bartok is coming from. It's, there, are, there are moments where he's like, oh, Rasputin, totally. Let's kill everyone. And then moments later, he's like, don't do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a little all over the place. But... Didn't he age a lot? Yeah, maybe whatever him. happened to him after, you know, Rasputin was in purgatory. Maybe he... Yeah, he looked a little haggard when he showed up after 10 years. He's just been hanging out in the old royal palace with that reliquary, and it's been ten long long <laughs> years. Well, you'd look rough too if a reliquary was your only friend. I like that uh, mm-hmm. palace too. Thought it was nice, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful. The once upon a December number where they sort of burst through the windows and the ghosts of yeah. all these old you know royals are dancing. It's a really good. It's a. They really take advantage of the fact that it's an animated telling of this story and it's now a broadway musical correct yeah i think that's so that's still running i believe um i've listened to the cast recording uh very little of what we see in the movie survived it's it's, it's the same songwriters though correct yeah same songwriters but they wanted to dump all of the fantasy elements and make it a truly historically accurate story so it's really like dr Zhivago meets some of the original songs like it's just it's very much for adults now. So Bartok's not in it. No Bartok. Trash. Uh, no Rasputin. <laughs> no, throw it in the trash. We don't need it. Throw it in the trash. Uh, <laughs> I, I was also telling Magdalene before we started recording that I found Anastasia on Ice was a thing oh, back yes, in the nineties. Yes, I do remember that. Maybe I went and saw that. I know. I feel like when we were kids, Blank on Ice yeah, was anything oh, yeah. on all ice. the rage. Yeah, like half the commercials uh, during Saturday morning cartoons were something about something else on ice. Yeah. Everything I don't, I ice. don't think that ever ended. I think that's, I think that's absolutely like frozen on ice or oh, just, you're, you're yeah, right. Right. Still going on. just repackage like various Disney characters and have them skate around for 80 minutes. Yeah. You know, and it, and it gives Give people our, jobs. Yeah. It gives people jobs, gives, you know, when, you know, all these beautiful skaters to do something afterwards mm-hmm. after their Olympic careers are over, we're going to see Adam Rippin <laughs> and, um, you know, Nathan Chen. Yeah. They're all going to be on, you know, Anastasia on ice. Yeah. You so, know. I see it today. <laughs> well, thank you for suggesting that movie. It was nice to watch go down memory. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. My choice for cozy TV show or cozy cartoon is Arthur. Great choice. And Arthur, if you're not familiar, is based on the Mark Brown, Arthur the Aardvark books. It is a cartoon that aired on PBS from 1996 to now. It's still on the air, believe it or not. It's been on the air for 22 years. Wow. Mm. The thing about Arthur is it felt like I was too old to be watching it, even when it started. Because at that point, I believe I was in middle school, and it felt a little, like it was a little geared toward people a bit younger than I was, probably actually perfectly Jillian's age. Yeah, yeah. And um, it did, I don't I didn't care though because for two reasons one Arthur is sort of it has what a lot of good entertainment has for kids which is like multiple points of entry so you can enjoy certain things as an older person who gets context and jokes that are going to go over the heads of the kids and they're, they're kind of there for the adults in the room usually they're just like 
back background gags or like puns or things like that. Beyond that, it's just a really good show, no matter how old you are. Like, it's just really solid and well done. And yeah, like it was the most comforting thing every day after school. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Every day after school and through high school and even in college, I would rush back to catch Arthur at four or four thirty whenever it was on PBS Kids because it was such a breath of fresh air in this mm-hmm. topsy turvy world <laughs> to be able to run home and turn on Arthur was just such a gift. And I'm so glad that it's still on the air because it's just such a solid show, even though it's always a little bit disorienting when they change the voice cast. Like it took me a long time to get used to the new voice of Arthur. But mm-hmm. aside from that, um, oh, okay. you know, good. And um, I, I watched an episode to kind of refresh my memory on the show. And so I tried to think of like which one stuck with me mm-hmm. even now. And that episode was um, episode four of season one, which is called... Well, actually, this is a good time to mention that the format of Arthur is that it's two short episodes. Basically, you have like a 10-minute cartoon, a five-minute like segment with real-life kids. Yeah. And now, word from us kids. And then they Mm -hmm. would cut to like a classroom where they're making things, or they're learning Mm -hmm. like something, or they're going to a field trip, and you meet these kids around the world, and that's really always entertaining, too. I I love that part. And then they followed up with another Mm -hmm. short um, segment like a totally different episode they're all like they all stand alone typically and um this one was the first segment was dw's imaginary friend which was very important for the series because we are introduced to nadine oh, yeah. dw's imaginary friend um who just wants to have arthur like her mm-hmm. and arthur's lost library book Aww. where <laughs> arthur um he just checks out way too many books from the library which was so relatable mm-hmm. what was not relatable is the way he treats those books he puts some of them as like they put he puts like one in the window to prop it up. This is awful. That's a, that's a sin. And he loses the the new scare your pants off book, oh. which is obviously a, like a goosebumps stand in. The two things like imaginary friends and a library, you know, mm-hmm. show all of that together was a very cozy thing. And I and I still remember those episodes today. Yeah, the one about the the lost library book turns into this kind of cozy mystery where Arthur enlists his friend Binky. Aww. who's kind of the bully of the show, and Arthur thinks he can't read, which is kind of mean. He laughs that's at pretty, him. That's a really like, mean. you can't be reading um, to find this missing book, and it, and it turns out that Binky did read it. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And so we're, we're, we're tackling issues like, you know, bias <laughs> and, you know, sort of when you people bullying the bully and, and low expectations in that way. But, yeah, I, I just think it's a, such a caring, kind-hearted show, and I, I love Arthur. Yeah, I, I, I love it, too. I think... Adults can enjoy because it does have a lot of um, humor in there for adults. I believe it's one of those shows that there's some there's a few nods to uh, parents. I I believe as well. Oh yeah, and even just like in terms of the the TV show that they watch, mm-hmm. right? Where they're really into um, like a oh I'm forgetting the name, but there's like a Batman stand-in and there's a, a Superman stand Bionic Bunny. Oh yeah, I believe it's the Superman. Oh of of course. Yeah, I all the characters I love. I I really enjoy. Buster, I think he's just a cute character. Yeah, he was on spinoff show. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, he like left the Joey. Ar- he like left Arthur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they left Arthur, and he had like a one where he traveled the world. Oh yeah, because his dad was a pilot. And then they had the, um, Garfunkel come on and do a song oh about Buster God. Baxter. Went away, then he came back. Wow. Yeah. Did I was Buster? Always... Did Buster also have two moms? Was no, the, his dad. I think there was a character had... that had like gay moms as parents and i think that was like a minor 
controversy or like a like a story in the media at a certain point? That's that's a great question. I don't remember that. I know Buster, his parents were separated. Yeah, and okay. that was an airplane pilot. Yeah, I wonder. That would be curious. I'd be interested to look back and see maybe one of the minor characters had two moms. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that'd be quite the controversy for 1996. I, I, I vaguely remember that too. We'll, we'll, hmm. we'll look that up and yeah. if it is, we'll, we'll post it in our Facebook group. Yeah. And we can oh, talk yeah. about it there. Yeah. I think the key to sort of balance that, you know, adult and kid viewership is the fact that Arthur is so calm. It's not shrill. So calm. Like a lot of kids shows are sort of accused of being like the stereotype of a kid's show. Uh, I'm sure that's why they sort of go out of the way to parody shows like the Teletubbies or the Wiggles, because those are more about just sort of cacophony and chaos. But Arthur is like, yeah, very, very easygoing, just trying to lay out these simple stories in a very clean way. Um, It's not a matter of distraction. It's a matter of true engagement. Like it's treating children with more respect than I, than a lot of shows would, I think. Um, I also appreciate I appreciate the the memification of Arthur in the Tumblr. Oh, oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a new life. Breathed. Um, oh yeah. I thought they have some good uh, musical numbers as well on Arthur. The uh, having fun isn't hard. If you got a library <laughs> card, <laughs> Jekyll Jekyll High, Jekyll High, Jekyll. Oh Jekyll. yes. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> Is is there a rich friend Muffy? Is that Muffy? Yes, mm-hmm. she's also delightful. Uh, I like the Arthur's fist meme, of course. Just mm-hmm. Arthur tightening his fist, uh, the, just the memification of that. But I like the the one two image on Tumblr of uh, someone just posted this image of Muffy's lunch, like while they're at school, and it's just bread. <laughs> it's like five <laughs> enormous baguettes. And the caption is just like, "Look at Muffy with all this carbs. Look, look, just look at Muffy, just stuffing her face with these carbs." <laughs> I'll She's a queen. Look for that one. I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. Listen, she can afford all of the tummy tuck procedures and lipo she needs, <laughs> so she doesn't need to be watching her weight. Yeah. Eat that bread. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Love bread. Yeah. All right, Jillian, what's your cozy cartoon pick? Well, this, uh, my cozy cartoon is, uh, I don't know if it's as well-known as maybe the other ones. It's Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Of course it's well-known. It's well, iconic. It hasn't, yes. hasn't been oh, on. Yes, yes, well, yes. maybe it hasn't, wasn't that on for that long. It was only uh, on for a few years in the early 90s. So yes. it didn't have a long run. But Chip and Dale are style icons, and that theme song is one of the <laughs> best cartoon theme songs yeah. ever to have When existed. I was re-watching an episode earlier this week, I forgot how long the theme song is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real number. Yeah, and, and, and as it should be, because it's awesome. Yeah, so... I, maybe I'll, I might insert it into this episode so we can watch it. Sometimes some crimes go slipping songs yeah or and a musical number from anastasia that's right yeah a little playlist that's a good idea um maybe we should add that to our, our cozy uh now that's what i call cozy music <laughs> playlist on spotify exclusive <laughs> content for our facebook group <laughs> um yeah i had a going back to the stuffed animal i had a chip stuffed animal that i loved and he had that his signature 
what do you say? It's a fedora of sorts. Yeah, and that leather. He looked so cute. Yeah, and well, the stuffed animal was so cute. I would. Um, yeah, he was my most beloved stuffed animal. Little and it Chip. shows, like you're wearing a leather jacket right now because of Chip. <laughs> yeah, an honor He's, of Chip. He is a fashion icon. Yeah. He's influenced your style <laughs> yeah. to this day. Um, and I actually lost Chip. I couldn't find him. And I told my mom about it and she said, oh yeah, I saw him leaving with a suitcase full of nuts and a clean change of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> your mom was the best. So Good Lord. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see him after that. So maybe he did. But he doesn't wear any pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you, whose underwear was that? I guess yeah. if he's going somewhere classy, he's gotta he's gotta <laughs> put on those layers. Yeah. So um, wherever he is, I hope he's doing well. But um, just a leather jacket and a pair of Jillian's panties. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, it's a, it's a very simple show. No bells and whistles. I think their motto is "There's no crime too small," and Aww. which is. So true because they are very small. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked Dale though because he was more laid back. Um, and it, it, yeah, I was more of a chip too. Yeah, definitely more of a chip. Uh, he's definitely dedicated to solving um, those crimes or doing the right thing. Maybe sometimes too much so he can be a little rigid. Um, but I think it plays off a lot of other shows. Like I think when I was researching it, Magnum PI yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But um like it's very Oh yeah, because they're wearing little Hawaiian shirts like Tom Selleck and Magnum PI. I think that's a direct like refer like a style reference. That's yeah. funny. So that's kind of sweet. But um I also just like the names of the other characters like the fat cat and he they're so ridiculous. Yeah. So Gadget, yeah. Monterey Jack. Mm-hmm. The what stick us, what sticks with me about the show it, are the sound effects, like the mm-hmm. foley art in Rescue Rangers is phenomenal. Like I still remember the squishy, like because there's always something gooey happening, mm-hmm. and it would be the same sort of like sound for goo. And then they would have the suction cup. Every invention that Gadget made, or at least every other invention that Gadget made, involved like oh yeah, a, the use of suction cups and plungers. Yeah, and so there would be like the. It's like they'd like mm-hmm. climb up a wall or something, but the the sounds just like are really almost unique to that era. I feel like you really could mm-hmm. hear the real thing happening, um, and yeah, it was it's really good sound effects, very distinct. Yeah, just really cute characters overall, and it's just a nice simple cartoon. Um, and going back to what you said, you know, John, about how Arthur is not really. Um, chaotic i mean yeah they're going around solving crimes and it's busy but it's not shrill as you had mentioned with other cartoons yeah i i would agree i think it had a more like classic adventure feel uh where like they they were expecting the children to sort of follow along with that week's sort of mystery or mission that they were going on uh it's got that kind of like i think to pull another reference from like an 80s show, it's got like an A team quality as well, where it really is just like every week they're helping somebody out. Um, or I guess like the rescuers also. Um, I liked that show a lot more. I was never able to engage with tailspin all that much. I never really understood what tailspin was about, what the sort of format was supposed to be with that show. Like I never understood why it featured jungle book characters in a completely different context. That show ver- that confused me as a child. Yeah, I, I, I liked it, but I, I get your confusion. It didn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. 
Shere Khan was like the villain, but not. It was kind of mm-hmm. weird. I, I just like the fact that there was that one bear that had like a boomerang hover board, <laughs> surfboard that he would like jump. He would jump out of a plane and he would like ride around on his little boomerang. I don't know. Uh, I was also obsessed with the Chippendale NES game as a kid. Oh, yeah, uh, I I was obsessed with sort of just mastering all the levels, and then of course at the end you have to face off against Fat Cat himself. There's a moment in that game where you think the, the game tricks you into thinking you've completed it. And then they reveal that there's like 10 more levels that you have to sort of push through to get to Fat Cat. And as a child, that was one of the most shocking revelations I ever experienced. <laughs> Jillian, do you have a favorite episode of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers that has stuck with you? Um, nothing that like particularly sucks, sticks. Sorry. <laughs> nothing that particularly sticks out. No. For me, I always remember the one called... I, I This is the one I rewatched because it always stuck in my memory, although I had remembered it incorrectly. I thought the collector of eggs in the sh- in the episode was he collected Fabergé eggs, mm-hmm. but he collects real bird eggs and it's called um, three men in a booby. <laughs> and it's about, <laughs> it's about a booby bird who has her eggs stolen and she enlists the uh, detectives Chip and Dale to re- retrieve it from this oh. like crazy guy who <laughs> takes, takes bird eggs <laughs> And she, that one is kind of shrill because she's going around screaming, my baby, oh, the entire episode. <laughs> I think I do remember that. That does sound very yeah. familiar. Um, is the villain of that week a human being or another animal? He's a human being. Oh, okay. But he, I he don't even really like remember egg. them going up against humans. That's so interesting. His name's like Humpty Dumpty or something. He really has like a really uh, Humpty Dumpty-ish name. Oh, three men in a booby? Yeah, three men in a booby. Okay. It's on YouTube. <laughs> okay, great. Check it out. All right. So any final thoughts on cozy cartoons? I love going down memory lane yeah. and I, all the great recommendations. I think all of us picked great cartoons to revisit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, animation is one of my favorite things to dip into. I feel like I have more animated movies in my movie collection than anything else. Uh, I was very torn between offering up Anastasia for this episode and another film, which I think is even more obscure, which is quest for Camelot. Uh, so I would recommend if you're looking for an even more odd hodgepodge of voice actors trying to put together a musical animated film, uh, check out Quest for Camelot. It's It's got Pierce Brosnan singing in, I think, the first example of his career of him doing that. Um, he plays King Arthur, and it is awkward. <laughs> Clearly, we did not learn our lesson the first time. Yeah. Um, no, on no. the note of famous voice actors, um, let's talk about celebrities who calm us. Who who will be talking about this week on celebrities that calm us? I'll go ahead and get started because my mm-hmm. mine is a voice actor slash real actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that you're, not that voice actors aren't real. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that person is Kelsey We're Grammer. Get people reaching out to us. I know. I'm a voice actor and I'm a real actor. I yeah. I Kelsey Grammer is my celebrity that calms me, and I feel like I shouldn't be saying that because he's not the best person. No. You know. But I feel exactly <laughs> the same way. But. Be that as it may, extremely. He's not cool. a monster. He's, well, the jury's still out, but <laughs> we do know from his performances, like the stuff he's in is so cozy. I mean, yeah. like, let, don't get me started on Frasier alone. So he has co- earned, you know, a celebrity that calms us. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. But, but even his voice work, and I was reminded of Anastasia, like he's in so many animated mm-hmm. movies and he does such an amazing job. He has such a talented voice actor. He has a great singing voice. He's Vlad 
and Anastasia and, you know, maybe coziest of all, he's side so, sideshow Bob in The Simpsons. And, um, yeah, I just think really, like, when I was thinking of, like, who, who would I pick this week? Who, who would I pick this week <laughs> on somebody that called me? Yeah, I, I was thinking, I think of who was in Anastasia. And it's like, oh, yeah, Kelsey Grammer. He's, whenever he's in a movie, I feel like oh, whatever... The movie might not be great, but whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. he's got it under control and it'll be good. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I, you know, I separate him from who he is in the daily life. But he has actually has a very interesting background, somewhat of a very dark childhood. Yeah, he's, he's got, he has a lot of demons. He's gone yeah, through a lot. He's gone, yeah, to say, to say oh, the really? least. Oh, really? I had oh, no yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, it's not too cozy to discuss, but look it up on your free time. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, good pick. Mine is... Is Robert Stacks? I'm saying right. Who's that? Is he? I think I think I got his last name right. I always, whenever I come up to bat, I blank on the <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pronunciation or spelling. Um, he is the host of Unsolved Mystery. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, so cozy. His voice is very soothing. Well, <laughs> you know what? I was realizing it, it kind of terror, terrifies me. The show because I used to watch it as yeah. a kid, and especially the ghost stuff. It's on Hulu now, and so. Uh, we put it on last night and I actually had to turn off because it was too terrifying for me. But I said, what a sweet man. Because he just seems so just nice. His voice sounds very calming. He was describing these horrible situations. That's kind of a thread for you because between <laughs> Keith Morris and Robert Stack, I mean, I think, yeah, I agree though in the sense that that show, even though it's disturbing and it's scary, right? Yeah. Like the unsolved mysteries that they show. But it's also really cozy because mm-hmm. whenever I've ever watched that show, it's like, you know, you're at home, you're bundled up, it's late at night. Mm-hmm. And the context for what, like any, anytime you're watching Unsolved Mysteries, you're almost certainly in a cozy context. And yeah. I think that rubs off on the content. And it transfers you back to a certain time period, um, too, which is, is nice for me. But I was reading up on him and he was married to the same woman for 56 years. And in his biography, he has a little picture with his mom, and he says, "This me and my best girl," which Aww. I think is really sweet. Love yeah. moms. Oh. Love moms. John, how about you? Who's your celebrity that calms you? So I I went through all of the past episodes just to make sure that this uh, that this man was not uh, already accounted for because uh, I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, but I just couldn't remember all the different names that have been thrown out. Uh, but he's also known as a voice actor. Um, I, I would agree that I think Kelsey Grammer's voice is great for animation. I think Robert Stack's voice, it, it sort of encourages that investment in the viewer yeah. because he like, he needs you to help him almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so he's encouraging that sort of casual investment, like, no, listen, pay attention to this story. But Harvey Firestein has a great voice too. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why he needs to be on this list. Um, I realized between, I think he's been with me like my entire life between Mrs. Doubtfire Independence Day, Mulan, and then like Hairspray, because I saw him most recently in Hairspray Live on NBC. And I started crying when he and Martin Short have that number together, where uh, the You're Timeless to Me number, where they're like talking about their love for each other as a couple. And I just realized like Harvey Firestein is like the guy I want to be. Like, I love my dad, but I wish Harvey Firestein was also my dad, um, because I just find him to be, he's a, he's a gigantic teddy bear, um, and he's got that wonderfully charming sort of smoker rasp and he's just he's just a big old teddy bear he's adorable in like everything he does um his character in mrs doubtfire might be a little like uh outdated but it's still amazing to watch him play like just this out campy gay man in mrs doubtfire 
Um, so yeah, that, that's my pick. Good pick. Yeah, what a phenomenal choice. Yeah. Also, to mention that his scene with Jillian's celebrity pick uh, from a few weeks ago, Martin Short. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Father of the Bride. That's right. <laughs> Who will she pick next from Father of the Bride? Yeah, so that, that's an awesome choice. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't gotten to him yet. Wonderful, yeah. John. Thank you for... Yeah, that was awesome. Great pick. Good pick. I, never, I would have uh, thought of it on my own, I feel like, but mm-hmm. it's a very good pick. And he's, he's faced a lot of trouble because I a lot know. of people keep confusing him that with Harvey is. Weinstein, which I... I know, and it, it really... I feel so bad for him. If anyone deserves that's that... Tough. ...less than, like, I, I, you know, he does not deserve that. Yeah. All no, right, so no. I guess it's time to wind down. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to wind down with our candle review, and we have to shout out John's commitment to being a guest on this podcast. Yeah, it's really sweet. Because when it came down to the candle review, obviously we're not in the same place mm-hmm. recording this episode. He's in Chicago, we're in Los Angeles. And so how do you talk about a candle when you're, you know, a, across the country? And the answer is you buy the same candle. Yep. And so, John, thank you for, you know, procuring this candle. We looked at candles on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an interesting exercise. It was like, what is the most popular scented candle on Amazon? And could we get that and talk about the most popular choice? And the most popular choice are one of those, like, purchase items that if you buy $25 or over, you get like a cheap $5 candle. And it was like the Myers brand or something like that. Miss Myers or something. Um, And, you know, not, not wanting to spend unnecessarily 25 bucks on Amazon just to get a candle. We went with the next most popular. And so this was, this is, this is within the top 10 of the most popular scented candles on Amazon. And it's called volcano. It's made by Capri Blue, which sounds like an Enya song. And Capri Blue number six. Absolutely. Uh, the scent is Volcano. And what's really weird about this to me is um, it was branded in the woman's section of Amazon. So this mm-hmm. is like specifically not a scented candle for anyone but women. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> evidently. My cursory research, and I could be wrong in this because I didn't go on such a deep dive, but it seems like Capri Blue does women's perfume. Okay. And I'm looking at Jillian. Does that true? Do we know? No, I've ne- well, I've never heard of it, but I, that's not to say it doesn't exist. Because the, the fact that it's number six, I, I'm kind of led to believe that it's a perfume that they've made into a scented I candle. I wouldn't be surprised, but... Yeah, this, the number six confuses me. I'm not really sure if it's one of a line of candles, and that's sort of the distinctive mark, but I, I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm even kind of confused at what the um, scent is supposed to be, because when we purchased this volcano candle, and maybe this sounds insane, but I thought it was going to smell like... Mm, something more like smokier mm. and earthier. You, you, <laughs> I you met, said before we started recording that you thought it would smell like ash. Yeah, I thought it would smell <laughs> like like an erupting volcano, or you know something tropical. And I think tropical we yeah, get. Yes, definitely tropical. Yeah, yeah, like a little island smell. Yeah, it's very it's very floral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. It, yeah, th- there's like flowers, like maybe a little bit of like coconut, but it, yeah, it just makes me think of like the beach, that vague the beach smell. John, you've been burning this uh, candle before today. What have you been thinking of it? Um, so I, I mentioned that there are times where the candle won't be lit for, you know, 24 hours and I'll walk into my apartment and the whole apartment will smell like this candle. Too overpowering. But when I light it, well, it, in those moments, but then you light it and you don't get that sense. Like, I feel like I kind of struggle to smell it when it's lit. I'm, I'm not really, I'm very confused by that. In terms of the scent, I do like it. The lid, can we just talk about how the lid is also its own mystery? Because I've never encountered something that's not really a screw-top lid 
it's like if you don't do it right, this thing is just going to fly yeah. off. <laughs> you just have to very carefully screw it into a certain spot, and then it'll hold fast. It's a very odd choice for packaging. Yeah. So I'm looking up on the Capri Blue website, Volcano. Volcano, heat things up. And it has Ooh. 69 reviews. Nice. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> um, and it says, with its familiar feel and cult following. Hmm, cult following. Volcano is the perfect blend of citrus and sugar notes. Like the excitement and energy oh. of a summer night rendezvous. This fragrance is simply <laughs> unforgettable. And they, they have these Volcano products. They sell Volcano-scented bar soap, candles, um, um, spray pens, and hand cream and hand wash, um, lotion, so on and so forth. So it really is incense. So it really is like a full fragrance brand around the scent. What is a spray pen? Is that just another way to sort of carry around perfume? So. Jillian? Like a spritz? Like <laughs> a spritz, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it, it is way more perfumey than the eruption of rock and ash that I had <laughs> imagined purchasing it. Yeah, Matt wanted to experience the death of Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. apparently. I feel like it was a slightly false advertising. Oh, it's kind of giving me a headache. I know. It's, I it's just so... I, I'm... And it, it, this might just come down to a taste thing because I'm just not that into perfumey scents. No, so I give this a zero lick. Whoa, Jillian's <laughs> coming down hard on Capri Blue. This has a cult following, Jillian. Well, I'm <laughs> deviating from the pack. <laughs> John, what do you think? It's a it's a summer rendezvous. Well, uh, explain to me very quickly just the wick system. So, like, Jillian, no, you John, just gave it a zero. Don't, What's don't the put top? pressure on us this way. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I can't explain the wick system. Well, I think I, each person gets a wick, right? Yeah, each person gets a wick. So we can each say, so out of a three total wick, we each control one wick out of that rating. So you can do a oh, half okay. a wick. That makes sense. And so that will be the total wick rating. So out of three, and we each have the power to give up to one wick. And so Jillian's okay. withholding gave, her wick. Yeah, I didn't give it a wick. Um, how about you, John? What do you think? Uh, I would split my wick in half and and throw half of it into the mix because it's just so oddly inconsistent. I, I think if you're going to be a scented candle, you should be able to sort of disperse that that scent evenly. And I just I'm, I'm having a very hard time engaging with this candle. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to give it half a wick insofar as I'm getting a lot of grapefruitiness, and I hate grapefruit smell. Um, but it's not too powerful like the other grapefruit candle that we did. Yeah. And so it just kind of by comparison, I like it a little bit better. And also half a wick for like, I mean, I suppose if this were your jam, if you were really into more of a floral citrusy scent, this could be a candle for you. Mm-hmm. It evidently has a huge following and people love Capri Blue. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think... It's a, it's a big candle. I feel like for the money that... We invested. I think it, it's probably going to last a really long time. So there's that. To Unfortunately, consider, I, I think mm-hmm. I think you're right. And so <laughs> yeah, can't get rid of it. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, I, I would say half a wick. Just I think John's right. The size consideration and just to, to give credit where it's due. If this was some, if this were something that you were looking mm-hmm. for, um, you might enjoy it. So. Yeah. One out of three wicks. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's I need, low rating. I need to turn it off. Turn okay, <laughs> but keep in mind, you know, Matt and I are not ladies, and this was made for ladies. That's right, we're not on a man. summer rendezvous. You know, we shouldn't so be buying whatever. it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah I, surprised Citrus, I allowed you to. Sugar notes. I, I, sugar I don't know. Notes. I don't get. Well, that's sugar the only thing that kind of annoys me about it is like they can't even be specific about what we're smelling. Um, cause usually scented candles will tell it's me ab- it's advertising, baby. Yeah. They, they're just spinning right. nonsense. So that, that about does it for us today. Um, John, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me online. I uh, do have a Twitter profile. It's John Pernasek, and I am the co-host of a podcast known as At The Trailers. I do that with my friend Brandon Chockney, and that podcast sees us watching and discussing the latest in movie trailer releases. And we use we rate them using a highly scientific system, and we talk about movie snacks too. So I think there's I think there's some overlap here with a cozy audience. If you like hearing people talk about uh, munchables and deconstructing things that they've watched, I think y- you would really get a kick out of at the trailers. Um, and you mentioned how rude at the top as well. That is that is available online through iTunes, uh, but that has come to an end. We we watched all seven million episodes of Full House, and <laughs> congratulations. We, Yes, uh, we debated on whether or not we were talking about Fuller House season three, but it started with one of the worst musicals, musical numbers I've ever seen. So I just decided, now nah, we're done. <laughs> we're just done. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So you have a Full House companion podcast. So if you're into that, you know, watch and listen along as well at the trailers. Check, check that out. And um, where can people find us, Jillian? On Facebook and on Instagram, uh, All Things Cozy Podcast. And we also have a Facebook group that we love to get more action in. And there's always great tips. Did I say something? Get more action in. Yeah, yeah. get more, get a little more <laughs> action. Uh, have it erupt like a volcano. In it. <laughs> have it, have it, but hopefully it smells better than the Capri Blue um, And it was just so, and thank you so much, John, for always uh, you know, trumpeting our uh, podcast and being so supportive. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm so excited we got to have you on. And you brought, I know, you're you're so amazingly prepared and I loved all the things you brought to the table. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah. Oh, oh thank you so much. Yeah, this was a great experience. So thank you for oh, having yeah, me. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful to have you on. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Go check out At The Trailers and stay cozy. Yeah. Bye-bye. Trouble bad guys See double when they're wrong